1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW report for prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
0: Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky How Sondheim and Lapine Went Into the Woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Jeff Blumenkrantz, Rapunzel's Prince in the Pre Broadway Workshop. Once upon a time. Jeff Blumenkrantz played Rapunzel's Prince in the pre-Broadway workshop of Into the Woods and went on to understudy the role as well as Jack and the steward for much of the Broadway run, eventually taking over as Jack. His many other Broadway credits include Three Penny Opera, Damn Yankees, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, A Class Act, and Bright Star, not to mention numerous off-Broadway and regional credits, plus concert productions for City Center encores and the New York Philharmonic. He is a familiar face on many of the best and most popular TV shows. And Jeff is also a Tony-nominated composer, having written songs for Urban Cowboy, in addition to a long list of singers, including Audrey McDonald and Megan Mullally. When did you first even know about the show? When did you first audition? And what, what was, I assume you were already kind of like a Sondheim head before that.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I, in fact, my obsession was with Sunday in the park. So of course, that was, you know, I, I, I remember being with all the, you know, the Sunday alumni and in into the woods and I'd be like, tell me stories. And they are like, really that like, they? which is funny because that's sort of how I am about into the woods. Like, <laughs> oh, my and I'm like, Oh yeah, I mean, it was my first show, whatever. But anyway, <clears throat> I do, have a, I do have a story about how I got involved in the show, which I think is pretty funny. Tell me. Um, it's long, Ben.
0: I've got, I've got as much time as you want to give me.
1: Okay. So I came to New York in the fall of 1986, right out of college, and one of the first shows that I did in New York was South Pacific at City Opera. Oh, and Wow. Paul Germignani. Marsha
0: Mitzman as as Nellie
1: Forbush. That's the one. Well done. It was actually Marsha and Susie Bigelow sharing the role. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, I was doing South Pacific at the time, and I had a friend in the show. Her name is Ivy Austin. Um, you might know her. I mean, she's had a really interesting career, but um, her big Broadway feature was playing the title role in raggedy and the musical oh wow yes so ivy was one of the nurses in south pacific and we hit it off and we used to we had like wide swaths of time off during the show so we would go down into the practice rooms at, at, at city opera and just sing i was you know playing the piano for her and she would sing her songs and she would say oh you know play through this for me and do you know blah 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 and So we just spent hours down there. And so I had been playing her songs for her. And she was like, I have this audition for Into the Woods, which I was aware of because I'm a, like you said, Sondheim freak and I knew it had been done at the Old Globe. And she said, I have this audition. Would you be my accompanist since you've been playing for it? I was like, sure, no problem. Wow. So I go to the audition with her and she sings her song. And as she's leaving, Paul's like, well, you're here. Do you feel like singing? And I think I had actually gone, I might have gone to an open call and was summarily dismissed. I I, I think that might have happened. Anyway, I'm at Ivy's audition and Paul says, do you feel like singing? And I was like, okay. And I go over to Paul Ford and like, you know, do you know this? Do you know that? He doesn't know like any of my songs. So then finally I'm like, on the street where you live? And he's like, great. And I sing that and... Then that's, and, and I leave the end. And then the next day, my agent gets a call from Into the Woods, and they say, um, We are wondering if Jeff would do some work for us. Um, we are auditioning choreographers, and we need bodies, you know, people to learn the choreography and to show it to us. So, do you remember what month this was? I could guess it was probably March, April. Fascinating. Thank you. Um, So maybe April, May. No, March, April. Definitely March, April. So they're like, um, you know, would Jeff come and do this, you know, choreography work? And I was like, I was like, what? Um, how much does it pay? I was like 21. I was literally 21. Snobby, though. How much does it pay? I like, you know, $15, whatever, $10 an hour. I was like, OK. Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be lame. And I walk in to a room with Joanna Gleason, Chip Sign, Kim Crosby. I was like, oh, wow, this is real. This is real. And then, you know, learned choreography. And then Sondheim and Lapine showed up and we did it for them. And I was like, oh, oh my God. So then I got another call. Wait,
0: was that like Lar Lubavitch choreography? I mean, was that: Not it- yet.
1: Not yet. It oh. wasn't. I don't, think I, I don't think I learned his choreography either of the time. Because there was. I was asked to come back again. I wish I remembered who those people were. I don't.
0: It was like Andy Blankenbieler or No, nah, no, please, <laughs> he wasn't
1: even born yet. Um, uh, I did it, I did the choreography thing again. And, you know, along the way I had to learn, I'm pretty sure it was the opening.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, so, um, so I was doing the opening for them as Jack. And like Barbara Bryn? No, it was just segmented. It was just like Chip and Joanna, I think, I think it might have been Anne-Marie Bobby as Little Red. Hello. Me as Jack. I think Kim was there, but no witch, no Jack's mother, just like kind of doing the last chunk of it. And then um, the second time I did that for them, hold on, let me close the door because the dogs are starting to get sure sure cloud you guys you guys i'm gonna walk you out now okay um so the second time i did that Lepine was there and he said hey you guys i'm like the chair of this um Uh, organization it's called the Malay Colony we're doing a big New York benefit we want to premiere some songs from the show at this benefit would you guys do it for me and I was like okay and I went to this benefit that was called a night with stars of Broadway and I was the first one listed because it was alphabetical and I was like "I've, I've never been anywhere near Broadway but, um, you know, we sang songs from the show. I sang Agony with Howard McGillin for, the, oh, for, like, for, uh, uh, for a New York audience before it had ever, you know, been performed in New York.
0: Oh my God. Yeah,
1: and um, I remember being on the other side of No One Is Alone and we did the opening. And so, you know, we did a bunch of numbers at this thing. And then the next thing that happened was I was doing a, I had a job. He was doing a production of anything goes in what was then called Penn center stage, like at Penn state. And they were like, could Jeff come and do our group sales presentation. And then we'd like to have him do a callback the week after understudy. And I, my show was teching that week of the group sales presentation and The show was like, no, you cannot go. And I was like, I want to go. And so what they worked out was that I would go do the group sales presentation and it would also be my final callback. Like I would not ever be having an audition for the show. So I went and did this group sales presentation. I remember it was at Sardi's. And again, we just sang like selections from the show. And then... A week later, I got an offer. So I like never had a proper audition for Into the Woods.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, just fell in my lap. Wait, so okay, were you were you singing like like Rapunzel's Prince and Jack in these things, or what was you your? You know, if I wasn't like
1: I wasn't doing Giants in the Sky if, if, with Jack. I think I I did the opening and maybe No One Is Alone. Mm-hmm. And then for some of them, I sang Agony, but you know, Rapunzel's Prince part of Agony, but I can't remember what we did at Sardi's.
0: With Howard McGillin, or was that just that one time?
1: Howard McGillin was at the Malay Colony event, but I don't remember what happened at Sardi's.
0: Um, and And then the offer you got
1: was to cover both parts though? And the steward. And the steward. And you know, actually in my contract, it said the baker but they never made me learn it. I mean, I was, I was 22 when the, you know, when the job started, it would have been ludicrous.
0: And like, was that, um, did your job start like when Broadway rehearsal started or the workshop or like,
1: so I got, I remember the offer came on my birthday, which was June 3rd, Mm. 1987. And, that that was during the show like i was still doing the show in pennsylvania yeah and then like shortly after i got back from pennsylvania they called asking me if i was available to do the workshop because let me think yeah i was okay i played rapunzel's prince in the workshop because i don't know if you have any of this information bob westenberg was not available for the workshop, so the actor who had been hired to play Rapunzel's Prince on Broadway and cover Cinderella's Prince was bumped up to Cinderella's Prince for the workshop, and I played Rapunzel's Prince. Now, that actor is not the actor who went on to play their role on Broadway. Do you know about this?
0: Okay, you have just now explained to me, I knew that Um, I just found out today from Bob Wessenberg that he started the workshop and then had to go finish his run of the crucible and then they brought him back and I knew that there was something with Burke Moses but I didn't know I couldn't I didn't know in how that figured in Mm -hmm. Um, so and I knew that Chuck Wagner had done it in a the globe, globe. Mm-hmm. so I really have not even now. I mean, you've just given me a lot of information, which I'm just reveling in. But I don't. So tell me, like, so was Chuck not part of the plan coming out of San Diego, and then they when it didn't work out with Burke, that's when they went back to Chuck.
1: Yes, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, it's they two can...
0: track. I mean, this is so confusing because yes. it's like there's the Cinderella's Prince Wolf thing which seems kind of straightforward because they wanted bob but he couldn't stay for the whole workshop so
1: in my recollection bob was not there for one minute of a workshop
0: he seemed to say that he was there for two days but maybe
1: no as a matter of fact i can assert because i remember exactly what happened on the first day of that workshop
0: Maybe it was two days after he signed a contract for it and then before they started it even started. Maybe that maybe
1: was- and maybe there was another workshop before the one I did. I did a two-week workshop that was probably in July, maybe. Right. Wow. Maybe August.
0: Um, okay, but so this is fascinating. So okay, then um so the the Bob thing was kind of straightforward, though, it sounds to me. Like they 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 couldn't use him for the workshop. They still wanted him on Broadway. So they said Rapunzel's Prince whoever that is, will play that part and we'll get Jeffy to be Rapunzel's prince for the next uh, two weeks. But then, so then at that time, it was Burke who was who they were planning to go to Broadway with as Rapunzel's prince.
1: I mean, Burke had a contract to go to Broadway.
0: And so then what happened?
1: I mean... I don't know what the conversations were, but they decided that they did not want to go to Broadway with Burke, and then they had auditions again. Where during,
0: I, during the during the period uh, while you were doing
1: the workshop in between the workshop and the start of rehearsals for oh, Broadway, so Burke did
0: the whole workshop.
1: Yes, gotcha and just for the record I think Burke was good he's always good isn't he I mean like I I think he was good I think it had more to do with like his energy in the room but that's just my interpretation
0: I think I I couldn't get a hold of it yet but I think he actually has talked about this like he wrote a book about like like about personal I don't know I I don't even know what the personal issues were but but I, I think that he's. I think that his story is that he messed that up somehow or something. But that, but I, I didn't know any details, and I and I didn't even know what he was hired for, or what track or what the timing was. Um, yeah,
1: but he was good. I mean, he was legit. I don't know. You know that that was a that was a big choice they made to like. I because you know we well we joked. That like they put him on scholarship for a year, you know, because I think when you when you let someone go and they have a year long contract, I think you're paying them for the year. Oh wow, mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't think there's like a buyout for. There's only a buyout when it's a like a chorus contract, I think. Yeah, so the, the principal guaranteed contract. I think they paid him for a year. Anyway, um, do you, know the, do you know about you know about the. Up- it
0: makes sense to hear that he was good because it would have been so unfair if they didn't like him as the wolf. So they fired him from Rapunzel's Prince. I mean, like, so it would have to be something else, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you'd been playing Jack and Rapunzel's Prince in these different things, but then you were Rapunzel's Prince. in. Yeah. The I workshop. think Ben must've been
1: doing the workshop.
0: And then, uh, right. Cause he had done the old, the old globe also.
1: Yeah. He was, you know, they knew that they were going to be using him. So his job was never up for grabs.
0: But but he was also, like you, uh, old, like, you know, in his 20s, I think, or something.
1: No. No, no. he was younger. He was, like, 16.
0: He was, oh, okay. he was a kid. Gotcha. Um, and then, um, I mean, I'm so curious about that workshop. Like, it was at 890 Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, Betty
1: Buckley was the witch. Well... <laughs> that's another story so Betty was only available for the second week of the workshop so Suzanne Douglas do you know about Suzanne yeah she uh, the now uh, sadly the now deceased Suzanne Douglas she died young um she was going to be covering the witch and Cinderella and Rapunzel I guess So she since Betty was not available and Pam Winslow wasn't available either (laughs) so Suzanne did the witch for the first week and then when Betty showed up Suzanne became Rapunzel.
0: So Children Will Listen was in the show from the beginning before it
1: started? I think so. Um, You know it was a theme that I think was established in the original Second Midnight, which was this like, I don't know, six or seven minute, everybody on stage singing. Well, I think the reason why they cut it was they they felt like it was a two on the nose. It was like they, we, everybody was singing the themes of the show. Mm. And, but it included that theme. When dad, our children may not obey. Da, 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 dee, dee. Um, I really liked it. I... I thought it was, you know, because you get one of the things that I think they lost by cutting it was in that when when it was still in Act One, you started thinking about the relationships, like even between the stepsisters and the stepmother, like yeah. all the parent-child relationships mm-hmm. and how complicated they all are. And I, I think we we just lost that a little bit, you know. You think about. I mean, I guess you get Cinderella and her father. You get the baker and his father. I don't know. You get. I guess you get plenty of parents and children stuff. Witch and Rapunzel. But I don't know. It's it was a, a beautiful piece of writing, and I'm sorry the world doesn't have
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like. I like it on those weird demos with like Maureen Moore and like George Lee Andrews and mm-hmm. yeah, John Cameron Mitchell. Um, I need to go. I, I haven't
1: listened to that in a long time. I need to go find those.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's uh I I don't know if it's seven minutes though. I wonder if it's not even even that may not be the full the full version. Mm. Um, but it, it was has, long, it was like, long it listen and it has um the the verse of children will listen, like that Barbara Streisand has in the song, like that how do you say to a child in the night? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, that was beautiful. Don't turn, I
0: won't time yeah but then it has more stuff too that's not in the show musically, or at least, you know, that this, the, the like, um, uh, I don't understand it. Like, yeah, uh-huh. I totally. uh huh, totally. Oh, yes. Why does every obey his mother? I don't understand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, There's a lot I mean. of back and forth, like, dun, 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 dun. I won't. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs>
0: I want to do a show um, with all the understudies from the revival doing uh, all the cut songs from the original.
1: Yeah. Maybe it
0: should be from both casts. Like... uh, Uh, There's a third... There are 85 casts. Yeah, there's no limit, right? There's no limit. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, Whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian-approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. And kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the fifty and use code GIANTS IN THE SKY fifty to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month. That's code GIANTS IN THE SKY fifty at factormeals.com slash GIANTS IN THE fifty to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month while your subscription is active. So, um, okay, so tell me, tell me about um, playing Rapunzel's Prince in the workshop. How, how was that for you? I assume, because it seems like Agony didn't change that much from all the pre-Broadway incarnations.
1: No, I mean, honestly, like nothing, I don't think nothing will, I don't think anything will ever top like that Malay Colony benefit experience where, you know, to have people La The laughter of like we've never heard this before it was it was very heady, but um I don't really remember the presentations of the of the workshop, I guess um weren't there
0: three different endings, like you did one version where the baker's wife didn't die and one version I'm- where everybody died, or like?
1: I don't remember, are, are people saying like they did that, we did that on successive days?
0: Yeah, like that there was like an A ending, a B ending and a C ending and the, they like were all tried.
1: I didn't remember that we did that in the workshop. I remember that they that they did some like big experimenting in previews, I feel like there were days in previews when the baker's wife didn't die and you know, yeah. the narrator didn't get, you know, like all playing around with all that stuff in the second act. I remember that in previews. I, I don't remember how much that played into the workshop.
0: I mean, there definitely seems to be a lot of confusion in general about what was in the workshop, what was in the... broad. Were, were the workshop at the same studio where Broadway rehearsals took place?
1: You know what? I wasn't invited to Broadway rehearsals.
0: Oh, really? Not until... Um...
1: we. I feel like we didn't go on the payroll until they had moved into the theater.
0: Wow. Well, it's a good thing that you, that you got, that you were in the workshop. So you had, you had a leg up on everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There were a few of us. Carolyn was also in the workshop. She did Jack's mother. Yeah. Okay, so gonna... a few of us like we knew each other and we knew the show and we didn't come in blind. Um, but I think they must've been at 890. Um
0: because that's what i wonder if that's part of the confusion like if it was the same room if the stage manager's tape on the floor didn't get pulled up but in the month of august like yeah. no wonder it all seems like one thing yeah um and so uh what what was the first time you went on i mean it, you know in, on broadway
1: if i had to guess i would say it was definitely for the steward and it was probably a couple of months into the run yeah um had did did you
0: feel equally ready to go on in any of the tracks
1: well I think I mean we were very well rehearsed Mm. we had understudy rehearsals twice a week for I think the whole time I was in the show because the understudies you know everybody covered at least two or three parts yeah so everybody had to learn their parts and then once they learned their parts we were the you know the people who would put in the replacements mm. so it was just a, a and it became a revolving door eventually so I mean you know Felicia Rashad was coming in you know months after we opened right and uh and then there were always new understudies getting added and so we were very well prepared I mean they even gave us a tech maybe one or two tech rehearsals because there was some you know wonky um scenic stuff that we really needed to like things moving moving parts that we needed to be standing on and you know feel how they they moved so um we you know by the time you know it was it was a blessing i think going on for the steward because it was the least responsibility mm. Uh, and uh, but I you know these back in the days of Into the Woods understudy assignments were numbered you were the first cover or the second cover ah. and if you were the first cover and that person was out they had to put you on like you had the advantage you know the, you were the priority cast person and I was I had first cover for all three of my parts, so wow. I went on a ton. Wow. Nowadays, you know, they get it's, it's at the discretion of the production or the stage manager. You know, Tuesday we're putting on him, Wednesday we're putting on him. Yeah. Um, but I went on a lot. We actually kept a tally in in the dress rooms, like how how many times people went on. I think I I must have had the the best the highest numbers because you know, if Chip was out, I was on because Philip uh, would play the baker and I would play the steward. Uh, um, and then, you know, pe- people, Ben left for a month to go do a, a movie. And so I got to go on a lot. Yeah. It was, you know, it was upwards of 200 times. If I'm... Uh, 200? 100? That sounds like too many. Must have been like 100 something. It did was you, a lot.
0: Did you stay in the entire run?
1: No. I left uh
0: I think I left in February. Of '89.
1: No. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: February or March. Um, but so you did it with Fisher Rashad and you did it with uh, Betsy Joslin as the witch. Oh yeah.
1: Well Betsy was Betsy started out as a cover, she was an offstage cover with us. She actually from the started, beginning. Say it again? From the beginning.
0: No, but early.
1: Yeah. And um I learned how to knit from Betsy Jocelyn. That was a very big deal. Like that was a was a, a hobby that took me through many decades. Um, so Betsy was uh, Betsy was with us, and then she would become the star of the show for you know a few months, and then she would be back upstairs with us. That was a uh, that was a unique journey. I hope you get to talk to her because uh, yeah. she had a very unique experience. I think in that show,
0: everyone that um, I've talked to has had such great things to say about Betsy that they've all just loved her and they all just thought she was so great as the witch.
1: She really was. I, in fact, Betsy was probably, she struck the balance between the Bernadette version and the Betty Buckley feel, you know? Yeah, interesting Because she has like, you know, she can be really shrewd and she's also a great comedian. yeah she really, she's a, and a great singer. So she, she was a, an excellent choice for that role. And the, but also I remember going on with Betsy, the one, maybe the one time she played Cinderella and she just, I think she was, she felt stupid in that part. Like she was too old or something. And I just remember being on the ground you know there's another bean, there's another, bean there's another bean and you know we're all scrambling around picking up the beans and she looks at me she's like oh my god I can't believe I'm doing it <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: funny um <laughs> uh what about like uh were you still in it when Nancy Dussault was in it oh yeah I think the only one
1: I missed was Ellen
0: oh right I guess that was just the last month yeah um and um what like so did uh oh and how did those when you were doing those understudy rehearsals would you only play one role of your three when you did an understudy rehearsal on a given day
1: it was like you'd come in and they'd be like okay today Jeff is playing Rapunzel's Prince Michael's playing Jack you know they just kind of divvied it up uh and then some days they'd be like yeah we don't need you we're just doing the stepsisters stuff today but um yeah.
0: And wait was Marin Maisie in the understudy crew from the beginning?
1: No, but again, I think Marin might have been hired when Betsy became like full-time witch cuz I think Marin's track and Betsy's track were identical. Mm.
0: Cuz they were like people that could play the witch and Cinderella kind of a thing.
1: Which Cinderella I know well Marin ended up replacing as Rapunzel she must have covered it
0: yeah um, and uh, was that your first
1: exposure to her to Marin yeah you know I did I did a, a reading or workshop of a Michael John Lacusa piece and I might have, I can't remember the chronology if, but Maren was the lead in that. So I just don't remember if it was before I knew her from Into the Woods or not. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, she must've been incredible in all of those parts.
1: Yeah, she really was. She was legit. I mean, she was legit back then. And she was, you know, she was not a Broadway diva yet. Yeah. She was just a re- she, she, she she seemed very like, she was like a corn fed, where is she from is she from like illinois or something something like that yeah she was just like she's like a girl from illinois <laughs> very like wholesome and but you know still had like a you know a great body sense of humor but she just was she just looked like corn fed you know She's like young <laughs> girl from kansas or illinois wherever um but she was she was legit yeah she was great i love that I pictures of her I know I have pictures of her as Cinderella and Rapunzel. Yeah. I have good pictures.
0: I want to see them. What about what about the other people in the cast that covered other roles, like Kay McLelland covering like the baker's wife? Like, would you go on with her in the understudy rehearsals?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you have done every combination with everybody. And so it's fun when you go on at the same time. Like Carolyn and I, as Jack and Jack's mother, that was a really good combo. Yeah. We had a shorthand, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, wow. Uh that, that does sound very fun. I mean, and was it was it clear, like the show's so iconic now. Did did it have that? sense about it during the run or early in the run or
1: I don't think it ever does it's like I was saying I was obsessed with the Sunday people and I thought that was iconic and they were all like really that (laughs) and so you know when you're in the show and you know all the daily drama and you know like that the set breaks once a week and you know that they're you know that it's just selling okay you know all that stuff it like feels very kind of earthbound yeah it doesn't feel like the stuff of legends. When you're doing it, mm.
0: and um, what uh, what about like um, when the stars came back for the um, videotaping, were you still there? I was gone. No. So uh, do you remember? Oh, did you ever go see the show after you left?
1: I'm sure I must have. I mean, the truth is, when you're an understudy, you see the show constantly. I mean, at least for the first month or two. Yeah. Um. So you almost, you know, I don't. I didn't need to see it. I saw it right. all the time, yeah. and I listened to it all the time. Yeah. We sure. had to stay. We had to stay for like most of the show. We had to stay until our last character made his last entrance. Wow. Which is, you know, past the giant scene. Yeah. So
0: that's that's a that's a full time job. Yeah. Didn't you have, like, a legendary stage manager on the original Into the Woods? Mm -hmm.
1: Frank Hartenstein.
0: And what what was that like?
1: I mean, he was great. I actually... Oh, no, that was my first time working with Frank. Um, Yeah, he was great. I mean, I don't know... I did, like, a few shows with him, so my memories of Frank are jumbled. But, you know, he was, like, the real deal. He was a real... and, and, And I have to say, the whole team that you know, ran and understood rehearsals. They were very, very good at it. Marianne Kane, Jonna Murray, um, like real Cracker Jack uh, stage managers.
0: And were they, had they done Sunday in the Park with George or done a lot with Paul Geminiani? What was there sort of like a...
1: a I know Jonna, Jonna, definitely was on Sunday. I don't think Frank was the PSM for Sunday, but Jonna was around because I read that book. Yes, that and one. And I read about Jonathan there. Yeah. Um,
0: and what, what about Gemignani? Was he... Was he? Um, not heavy-handed, what's the word I mean? But, you know, did he give you a lot of attention as understudies? I don't remember. Was he intimidating?
1: Well, again, I knew Paul already from South Pacific. Hmm. So... I you know I wasn't intimidated but he is you know Paul is a a big personality and he's also a little like I'm going to use a if I use, if this word has like a a negative connotation I don't mean it to but he's a little like kind of inside clubby like he you know he has this kind of be- best friends and mm. private jokes and I remember, you know, being on stage and like I'm watching him, you know, chum around with either the band or the people on stage and I'm like, uh we're up here, you know. <laughs> he's like he's a good time guy, you know. Yeah. He likes to he likes to chum around with his friends. So, yeah. If you're not one of those people, I could see like where you could feel like maybe intimidated or just like not in the club. yeah um i just thought of a story i wanted to tell you tell me please it's really it's it's really more of a bernadette peters as a goddess story always happy to hear those okay so this is previews and it's the day that they are putting the last midnight into the show so what had been boom crunch is now becoming the last midnight Mm. and is this late in previews it's not early. I mean, that was very, that was a very end of the preview period edition. So, was Boom Crunch not working? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, it didn't disappoint me, but I guess they felt like they could do better. Yeah. Um, because
0: I, I mean, I still prefer Last Midnight, but I wonder, I can't tell if that's just my bias from knowing it first.
1: I wonder if it had to do with the like the groove of it like boom crunch has a kind of heaviness and last midnight you know gathers speed and gets that like kind of jazz waltz thing going mm. and um and maybe they were just looking for more of a swirl to get her to do her exit yeah um so Ben for whatever reason was not Available for the first staging rehearsal Mm. of the last midnight. So I'm playing Jack. And Lar is, you know, we're up there with Lar. And he says, okay, um, on the first line, I want you to walk here. And then on the second line, I want you to do this. And on the third line, I want you to go there. And Bernat's like, you know, listening. And then she says, you know, maybe it would be really powerful if I just stand still for this first part. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Um, actually, uh, what I'd like you to do is walk here on the first line, do that on the second line, go over there on the third line. And she like went, okay. And then she did it. And I'm like, don't do it. It's terrible. What he's asking her to do is terrible. And everybody knows it. And she just did it. She did it for the next, whatever, 45 minutes of that rehearsal. And then, you know, it wasn't going into the show that night. It was still like, they were still doing boom crunch at night. And then the next time they rehearsed it, she was standing still for the front of the song, as it should be. But I just thought that was so graceful. Mm. Like th- most other actors would have gotten into it, gotten into it with him then and there, been like, absolutely not. I am not doing that. And mm. she just showed it to him, you know. So I will always respect Bernadette Peters for letting. You know showing people what they need to see before she probably to james and said i ain't doing that And <laughs> like you know she didn't embarrass lar yeah and she didn't put up a fight it was very elegant
0: um well that's great well thank you so much jeff it's great it's so great to talk to you and i really appreciate uh your stories and your time sure. Anytime, and uh all right well be well and have a great rest of your day thanks you too Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky How Sondheim and Lepine Went Into the Woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Check out episode 13 with Kim Crosby and Robert Westenberg, the original Cinderella and her prince slash wolf.